0: Good morning, people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant here in Costa Mesa. This is indeed an exciting day. We have waited and prayed and longed for this day. We are introducing our next pastor, God willing. Come on in. Come on in. Before we do that, we have some visitors here this morning. Ian Black, your parents are here from Portland, Oregon. Please introduce them. Wonderful. Bob and Gail, welcome from Portland, Oregon. Johnny Ernest is here today with Patty. Hey! We are so delighted to see you back with us. Johnny, you've been ill for several weeks now, and you are here, and we are are rejoicing. Please sign the friendship books and pass them along that we might have record of your worship. We might greet you by name. We have a couple of presbytery dignitaries here today. Uh, Deborah Mayhew is our moderator of our Los Ranchos Presbytery. And Reverend Dr. Steve Wirth is our moderator of our Committee on Ministry of Rural Santos Presbytery, so welcome both of you. Are there other dignitaries or guests that we may introduce? Before we introduce our family of the day, uh, Reverend Jason Griffiths is here with his wife, Malia, and daughter, Elsie, There's Malia, Elsie, and Zeke are here, and Reverend Jason is here. So exciting day in the life of our church. Following worship, we'll listen to uh, Dr. Micah do a a piano postlude, and uh, we'll be sitting down for that, and then we'll go right into our congregational meeting where we'll be calling our next pastor and voting on his terms of call. So the announcements are there for you in your bulletins. Welcome to worship. Please stand and say hello to three people you don't know. Three people you don't know.
1: Good morning. If I could call the choir back for a choral intro to start us this morning. And then as the choir is making their way back, if you could make your way back to our seats so we can begin our worship this morning. rise for our call to worship. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands, serve the Lord with gladness and come before God's presence with a song. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving go into the holy courts with praise, give thanks and call upon the name of the Lord. For good is the Lord, whose mercy is everlasting and whose faithfulness endures from age to age. Please pray with me. Mighty God, by your power you created us and by your goodness you call us to be your people. Accept the offering of our worship that every race and nation may enter your courts, praising you in song, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us continue worshiping with song.
2: lifts us sunward in the triumph. Yeah, please be seated. And let's send the kids forward for the children's message. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I've been already crying already. I mean, this is crazy. So send the kids up for the children's message, please. Or the students. Whoever's supposed to come up. Now, I I did some talking with the search committee, and they asked y'all, that's a Texas word, I was born in Texas, I can say it legally, Uh, what you wanted in your pastor, and you said candy. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, this place is home, okay, (laughs) this is is home, so I'm going to give you candy, Um, I just I want to say a couple of things. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt left out? Have you ever felt like the last one picked for kickball or the person least desirable to hang out with? Or That's awesome. Starting them young. <laughs> and I heard some yeses. And I want to say... Um, I want to be in your corner. I want to be a big fan of you. And I love candy too. And a lot of times that's all it takes. It's just something we both like together. Um, it says over and over in Scripture that God cares about you. We serve a God that knows your name knows how many hairs are on your head. It says in Isaiah that he has your name tattooed on his hand. First, that's a really big hand. <laughs> Second, I mean your name. What's your name? Carter. Carter? Carter is somewhere on his hand. Where do you think it's on? His pinky? Maybe right in the middle. Who knows? I want... To get to know you. I want this to be the safe place. Um, I got a question for you. How many people are in this room? The biblical answer, and I'm going to be preaching on a, on a passage in Philippians where he, the author, this name Paul, he's writing to this church in Philippi, and he says, I want you to to be of one soul. The, the Greek word is mia Can you say that? Mia psukse. I just like to challenge you to say things you'll never remember. Uh, <laughs> but the biblical answer is there's one people, these are all brothers and sisters. You've heard maybe that you are the future of the church i think you are the church the ground is level at the cross the foot of the cross and not only am i in your corner but all of this wisdom and there's some wise people <laughs> code word for older people wise people <laughs> <laughs> they're for you not against you let's pray god i just thank you so much um for making us one through what you you sent your son to do on the cross for each and every one of us. I pray that we would live into the truth of who we are. And all God's children said. Amen.
0: Pastor Jason, could we have all the boys and in- girls we'll just remain up here for a moment and and Pastor Jason come join me here? We're gonna ask Elder Gwen Black to come forward. We're going to be uh, installing her as our elder to student ministries. And this is a great day. We've, we've looked forward to this day for a long time. So I'm so glad that we can be a part of this. So um, wonderful day. Let me, let me read some promises of God as we install Gwen. There is one body and one spirit just as we were called to the one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So, Gwen, the grace bestowed on you in baptism is sufficient for your calling because it is God's grace. By God's grace, we are saved and enabled to grow in the faith and to commit our lives in ways that serve Christ is your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Yes, he is. And will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Yes, I will. And will you welcome the responsibility of service on our session because you are determined to follow our Lord Jesus Christ, to love our neighbors, and to work for the reconciliation of the world? I will. And Pastor Jason, would you read this question to Gwen and maybe this question to the church?
2: Okay. Will you serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love, relying on God's mercy and rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit? I will. And this is my favorite part of actually weddings, too, where we as a congregation surround this leader with a promise that we will listen to her and we'll be on her side like I was talking about in the children's message. Do you, members of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, confirm the call of God to Gwen? I, I remember that, Gwen Black. <laughs> as, as an elder for the students and youth ministry, please say we do. We do. Will you support and encourage Gwen? in this ministry. Please say, we will. We will. Was that loud enough?
0: Yes. I don't (laughs) know. Okay. Boys and girls, let's surround Gwen with our prayers. Come on up. Put a hand on her shoulder. Take her hand, and we'll pray for her. Gracious God, we hereby install our sister Gwen Black to our session here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant We thank you for her ordination vows that she took years ago, and she's reaffirming those vows today. And we do install her with joy, and we bless her, and we bless her family. And thank you for being a part of our children, and especially now our student ministries. God bless her, keep her, make your face to shine upon her, lift up the light of your countenance toward her, and grant her peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Welcome, Gwen. Welcome back. Welcome Thank to you. that.
1: choir that was praise (laughs) remember that our Lord Jesus Christ can sympathize with us in our weakness since in every respect he was tempted as we are yet without sin let us then with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit, amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Christ Jesus, you are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives all of your sins strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep you in eternal life, Amen. amen.
3: It's a time of getting out of the busyness of our cognitive spaces and allowing ourselves to really be present within. God never leaves the room. That's what omnipresence actually means. So wherever you are, David said in Psalm 139, if I ascend into the heavens or make my bed in hell, you are there. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever torment or trial or difficulty, God is with you, just as God is here today. And so it's never a matter in, in times of worship of asking God to join us. It's a matter of recentering our minds on the reality of God within and around us. And so for the next 15 minutes or so, still your mind sing through repetition the truths of the words that come across the screen. Center your hearts on what is true and this will prepare you to hear the truth spoken over you.
4: I have heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. But I have heard the tender whisper of love the dead of night in your town. Find your pleased and at heart. Never, Never alone. alone. Your good, good father. To you are. To you are. To you are. I'm
2: God, I just pray that you would speak loudly through me. May your words penetrate the hardest of hearts and change lives forever, and may my words fall dead to the floor. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's please see. We got like 10 minutes, probably, till the end of the service, right? You guys are amazing. That was an amazing worship service. Wow. That is good, right? Right? You guys still awake? Okay, because I'm super awake. Okay. Before we open up our scripture and we start reading, I want to I I let you know where we're going to be reading from. We're going to read from Philippians. Paul's in prison when he wrote this, and he wrote to this, this to, the, to the Church of Philippi. And have you ever done something and done something well, and then circled back just every once in a while to draw some encouragement from it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I was talking with Randy Spear the other day, he's in the back, and he's a, he's a mason, he's, a, he's more of a man than me, and he's a, he's a tough guy, and he, is, he builds stuff, and every once in a while I asked him this question when we were out to lunch, he said, you ever circle back, and he said, absolutely, I go back to those first jobs, and they get me through so many other jobs, um, this place is going to be that for me, uh, 17 years ago, or 18 years ago, sorry Malia, uh, <laughs> I got married right here. I got married like right there. I was like right here. And this is the last time I was actually. And I circled back 10 years later and renewed our vows right here. And Tim was there both times. And it's just, it's insane that I'm right here. It, this is crazy. I, if I start bawling, that's why. It's not because I'm a sissy, it's just because I got all kinds of motion, crazy stuff going on inside me. Okay, what are we talking about? Philippians, got it. Paul went to Philippi and he planted a church there, and it caught like wildfire. They were doing it right. They were loving people. They were encouraging people. They were studying the word of God. They were praising God. They were doing it all right, and it was firing on all cylinders. And Paul's writing this letter back to Philippi, and he's drawing strength from them. So if you're ever having a hard time, if you're ever discouraged, if if this 2019, whatever year we're in, has been kind of a rough road, open up your Bibles on a regular basis and start reading Philippians, because it's encouraging. It's almost, it almost reads like a Hallmark card. It gets sappy sometimes. But I love it, because I'm kind of a big sappy guy. So we're going to open our Bibles up to Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 1 and read through verse 11. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, Any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord and you respond with thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He starts this this first five verses, one through five. I call them a flood of truth and challenge. Like I said to the children, Paul has just been talking about how we, as followers of Jesus, are one. We're, We're a people, we're a family, we're a team one of us goes down we all go down and he he starts with these truths and he says you know um, when we're in christ what are we given in those first five verses we're given courage we share in the holy spirit the same God that rose Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in each and every one of us. We share in this Holy Spirit. We're, we're found in this Holy Spirit. We suffer with one another. And we feel for one another. This still. This is still, I think this is still bumming God out. Because we aren't this. The person to your right and person to your left are most likely strangers. Or most likely, you haven't had them over for lunch. You've never been over. The, you've never been out with them, other than married couples, of course, <laughs> and families. I just looked at it, two people hugging each other. I was like, "Okay, that proves my point. I'm wrong." Okay, but we need to get closer to one another. Yesterday. When people ask what are Christians about, they usually think they hate gay people, and they're mean, and they're judgmental. They're jerks. We've flipped the script, we've, we've gotten it backwards. They're supposed to be feeling our love first. You're supposed to walk into this room and you feel an uncommon just acceptance, love, and glory. And Paul, he says, when we're in Christ, we get all this courage, we get all this stuff And then he starts laying out the challenges. They're all simple, but we have yet to master them. Be of one mind. Have a common language. Think about the same things. Talk about the same things. If I ask anyone in this room, hey, tell me about USC football. you would either get an angry response <laughs> or you'd get 20 or 30 minutes of how much they love USC football. We can talk about anything other than what's important for long periods of time. That needs to change. We get in each other's lives and we say, how is your walk with Jesus? When's the last time you've been asked that? When's the last time you've asked anybody that? That's supposed to be on our tongues. We're supposed to be of the same mind, thinking about the same things. What else? Same love. I was a youth pastor for a billion years. <laughs> and so I've done my youth time. And so I was a youth pastor for a long, long time. And so I got used to this. Have you given this whatever? You'll You'll know it once I start saying. The way you get close to one another isn't by focusing on one another, it's about having a common destination. It's about having a same God, same path. And Paul brings that up and he says, Have the same love. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did I miss anybody? Because like, if you're dating and you focus on each other, you notice each other's problems really quick and you start to bicker. (laughs) But if you notice, if you follow after God and after His Word and after His love, you focus on Him. As you get closer and closer to Him, you get closer and closer to one another. And He's saying that as us, as followers of Jesus. Get over your neighbor's outfit. Get over your neighbor's what you have wrong with them. Get over your petty differences. Enough bickering. There's enough friendly fire in the church. We need to cut it out. Stop it. Lift your heads up. I was a, I was a cross country runner, and that was back when I was skinny. And back when I, I hadn't eaten donuts yet or something. I don't know what was going on. But when I was a runner, I was terrible. I was terrible until Rob Fisher, the team captain, he said, I noticed I was watching you. I'd finished the race, and I'd circled back, and I was just watching you finish. <laughs> and you were limping in, and your head was down. He says, pick up your head. Pick up your head. Put it on the horizon. Drop your arms. Focus on a number that you want to pass. Wait till the end and pass them. Simple advice. Simple advice. Paul's saying the same thing. Have the same love. Get your eyes off of everything else. Have the same love. Pick up your head. Focus on Christ. All the other stuff will fade away and you'll start living like you were designed to live. How are we supposed to do this? How do we how do we, how do we have the same love? how do we have the same mind? In the second half, he starts to tell us how. And he starts with the idea, it's about being humble. It's about getting over yourself and putting others before yourself. It's about dropping the game of trying to climb the corporate ladder and beat your neighbor. It's about getting underneath. We moved this week. Have you ever moved? Anybody in here ever moved? (laughs) It's a humbling experience, right? Especially we were renting from family. Has anybody rented from family? I saw a new level level of cleaning out of me and my wife. (laughs) Because we wanted to leave this place. But we were leaving our old apartment, our old condo thing, that we were renting from family on our hands and our knees, wiping up the last dust. Don't touch that, kid. (laughs) You'll lose a finger. (laughs) I heard my wife say that. No, I didn't. (laughs) It's about serving. It's not rocket science. It's, It's about caring about what others' life experience is more than your own. I got in the habit, and it first started, like, sarcastically, because I drive a Prius, and everybody who's on the road wants to be in front of a Prius. I don't know what the deal is. I think there must be an unwritten law. That's a Prius. I need to be in front of that. I usually get cut off by white BMWs, so anybody that has a white BMW, praise you. Anyway, uh, but I started saying it at first as a joke. They must be more important than me, (laughs) as they flew by and almost took off my mirror. But then as I started to say it, it became less and less of a joke and more and more of a prayer. There's people in those cars. We forget that. There's lives in those cars. We depersonalize it and we just think it's a BMW. No, it's a family. My family, maybe they are more important than me. Maybe they need to get somewhere. How about this? Next time you're in a supermarket line, Pick the slowest. Mind blow right there. <laughs> and one-up it. Smile. <laughs> Why is everybody angry at the supermarket? There's so much food. Anyway. <laughs> and then he says, and he goes above and beyond. And he brings Jesus into this. And he says, "Oh, and by the way, the service thing, our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ pinned the needle on it." He deserved to be worshipped every single day he was here, when he was alive. The last thing he deserved was to be nailed to a tree between two common criminals with a crown of thorns on his head. Nails through his wrists and his feet. And then we get a little we get a we get a little a window into our roots. Those last verses, verses six through eleven. Do you notice they're indented? Why are they indented? It's called the Christ hymn. As Paul is, remember he says in other places, he says, as far as Judaism goes, I'm the, I'm the king of the Jews, man. I'm, I'm amazing at being a Jewish person. In our roots, we, are, we're of, we were grafted into the tree. Have you ever read Romans? We've been grafted into the tree. We, we're rooted into people of God that's been going since Abraham, Isaac, Moses, all the prophets. And in our roots, there's this propensity. Wow, I almost ate it. (laughs) There's this propensity to come to the end of ourselves, be filled with joy, and to sing. This Christ hymn, it predates the New Testament. Testament. Here's a little history lesson. you got your, your First Testament. Then you got your Maccabean period. Then Jesus does all his ministry. Living, dying, resurrection. Then there's an in-between time. Paul writes most of his letters before the Gospels are even written. So, Paul is writing this letter. The Gospels aren't even out. And there's a hymn. There's a song that showed up before anything. There's a song. Our people, we sing. I noticed when we're worshiping in the band, we got a lot of growing to to do. Part of the application of this sermon or this passage is quick to sing. We are people that are quick to sing. I'll throw myself into the, the, the guilty party because I'm slow to sing. You know who's quick to sing? my daughter. A buddy of mine gave me a ukulele. I'm still trying to learn how to play it. Pachi, it's your ukulele. Pachi's around here somewhere. He gave it to Daniel Delgado. Delgado gave it to me. Anyway, Delgado, I've been playing this ukulele. I'll just start playing. Elsie will walk in the room and start saying, I like socks. Jesus is awesome. I like socks. She just makes a song out of everything. Sometimes it's super annoying. (laughs) I'm not going to lie but I read, you ever read the book Drawing the Circle? In there, there, there's this little nugget of truth that just blew my mind. He said, imagine if you're dating somebody. Imagine if you never told that person how you felt about that person except by reading them Hallmark cards. That's what the church is doing with our hymns and our songs. It says over and over in the psalm, make up a new song. I'm going to press the envelope. Get, get your creative hats on. Try and outwrite out, out, out one another in poetry and outwrite one another in singing amazing songs about how good God is to you. Have you ever heard that? I've never even heard that. And I was just shocked. And I was, It lit a fire into me. I ran out of time, so make sure you go back and look at this song. Because there's all the, the, the key parts of it. The key parts of a, of a praise song are all written in this early hymn. And you notice, he's teaching, and all of a sudden, he just starts breaking out into song. I was, uh, I, in high school and college, Chad and I went to E.B. Free Fullerton up at Chuckton Dolls Church. Uh, That E. B. and Chuck Swindoll was the pastor there forever and they brought him back for his 50th anniversary like the church's 50th or 70th anniversary I forget which anniversary it was but Chuck Swindoll once again nailed the sermon but instead of getting applause or anything at the end I remember he just started amazing grace how sweet the sound and then he walked off the stage okay good job There's something to that. I remember, uh, I I read an article by C.S. Lewis, and it was about how he uh, he disliked, he disdained contemporary worship. And he's writing about it, he's saying, the refrains, they just repeat the same thing over and over. There's no talent, there's no rhythm, there's no melody, blah, 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 and he's just doing, and it's interesting, because you could interject my parents' generation into the words that he was saying and it was just like nailed it. <laughs> he just nailed it. They they hate it. And then he says, oh, but an interesting thing happened. As I was listening, I heard the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit almost became like a volume. It like it turned up and it I almost heard God say in in in, in my head, but they're worshiping me. Shame on you. It doesn't matter the rhythm. It doesn't matter the tune. It doesn't matter how well the poetry is written. This is a God that deserves to be worshipped. This is, I, I'm, the last year I've been working for Northeast of the Well. And uh, it's a recovery ministry that goes into the, the least in the lost places. Homeless shelters, drug recovery programs. Um, you name it, we, sober living houses and I tell you, I've seen grown men, like six, seven in every direction, with tattoos on their face, and picture of tough. they got chain wallets, you know, handlebar mustaches, you could ride a motorcycle. Anyway, not singing, but screaming to God. We have a lot of catching up to do. Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Sorry, I probably shouldn't say anything hard. I love you. (laughs) Okay. I should wrap up. Listen to this. I want to apply it. Remember, we are united. Look to your right, look to your left. Tell that person, hey, we're family. Ready? One, two, three. And actually, this is anti-Presbyterian, I think, but hold their hand. Hold her hand. See if you can actually physically touch somebody. Dan's like, nope. As you drive through the line. Excellent. You don't have to hold hands the rest of the time. That gets weird. (laughs) Be quick to worship. What do I mean by that? I'm a grateful person. I'm a thankful person. You're like, I I learned uh, there's a book out there by a David, uh, guy named David Crowder. He's a worship leader, and he wrote this book called Praise Habit. And he said, "You know what's easy? to it's you can turn any grateful statement into a praise statement just by injet, interjecting God." I love Malia. She she is she's my bride. You know what I love more? The God who made Malia. I I love this church. This is where our journey started together. But you know what I love more than this church? This body of believers is the God of this church. You can do it with anything. You can even do it with like, like non-Christian music. <laughs> you can do it anywhere. Any, it's across the board. You can turn anything into a praise habit. Develop that faith, that, that praise muscle. And then the hard, I saved the hardest for last. Serve. Take the slow route. See if you can make the person next to you their lives better and lift them up, push them into the light more and more. Think of them more than yourself. And all God's people said.
5: Please join this journey last and we that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Appalachian tune. So we're from uh, Kentucky or Arkansas this morning. Thank you, Cornell. Thank you. We have heard the good news preached to us that God was in Christ reconciling the world to God and giving us the ministry of reconciliation. So we respond to that good news by bringing to God this morning our tithes and offerings and gifts. Our ushers will please wait upon us.
6: seated. And now we exercise that wonderful privilege we have of going before God in prayer. So join me. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ, you taught us to pray, and we know you hear the prayers of our hearts, even when we cannot put them into words. We come to you in gratitude and love for all you do for us and we ask that you hear all our prayers. We pray for our church and its future and the roles each of us play in reaching out to the community with the message of Jesus Christ. Shape and reshape your church to serve the needs of the present day and to be ready for the days ahead. We give you thanks today for the work of the PNC, and for Reverend Griffiths who is brought before us today. We ask your blessings on him and his family. We ask your guidance on this congregation as the vote is taken. Oh God, you have told us if we come to you and humble ourselves and pray, you will heal the land. There is so much healing that needs to be done. And we come to you with humble hearts and ask that you bring healing where there is hatred, that you bring peace where there is strife, and that you protect the innocent throughout the world. We pray for our nation and its leadership, especially in relations with other nations. We pray today that the tensions with Iran may not escalate and a peaceful outcome may be had. We pray for border and immigration issues, that they may be handled in a fair and humane way, respecting the dignity of all. Oh God, you know the concerns of the world. You know the broken places where your creation has been spoiled by war, violence, hunger, and want. We lift up these places to you. Trusting that you, by using us and your people everywhere, peace will be found, justice will be done, and your freedom will be known. Lord Jesus, as of old, the sick were brought to you for healing. So in our prayers, we bring you the sick, in body, mind, and spirit, knowing of your love and healing power. Hear our prayers for those in anxious times, times of decision-making or uncertainty. Give them trust as they put themselves in your daily care and keeping. Heal the sick. Strengthen the weak. Comfort the sorrowful. Send friends to the lonely. Give shelter in the comfort of your wings to all who need it. Be with all families who bear the burdens of those they love. We pray today for Johnny Ernest and Joan Clamp and Charlotte Kalenda. Be with each and minister to them as they have a need. And we pray for Frank Ortiz and family as death is imminent for his daughter Jolene. Comfort and sustain this family in the difficult days ahead. We pray for former members, B. Ballantyne and family, as they grieve the loss, the death of Bill. Bring to them your perfect peace. Open our eyes to the needs around us and open our hearts to respond as you would have us do, that we may be doers of your word. What can we say, O God, but thank you for the countless blessings in our lives We are so rich in so many ways, and we give back to you as we worship with all that we have. Accept the fervent prayers of your people, O God. In your great mercy, look with compassion on us and all who turn to you for help, for you are gracious. To you we give glory, now and forever, through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand as we join in song.
0: Please be seated. We remind you that following worship, following the postlude, which we invite you to stay for, uh, we will have our call congregational meeting to elect Pastor Jason to be our next pastor. And uh, we remind all friends of the congregation that they are welcome to stay and watch the way the Church of Jesus Christ and this presbytery uh, does its business. So... Um, with that, with that invitation, um, I will ask Pastor Jason to lead us in a blessing.
2: And then before the benediction, I just want to say that when I called you out, you stepped up to the plate. You guys sang louder, <laughs> didn't he, Dan, did you get yeah, yeah, I was, I was they were, yeah, <laughs> impressed. I was going to just keep going if you guys didn't sing at all. Anyway, I'm really um, humbled to be here. And I praise uh, God for each and every one of you, and I thank you so much from the bottom of our heart, just uh, the Griffiths family, for showing up this morning. But uh, now, may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Amen.
0: As moderator of this called congregational meeting, I would like to call us to order. Let us bow together in prayer. Our kind and gracious God, as you have been with us in our worship, the worship of your precious name, now come to us in the business of your church. We thank you that you are just as present here now as you were in our worship, and so may What we say and do give honor and glory to you and blessing to each person through Christ our Lord. Amen. The purpose of this called congregational meeting is to elect Reverend Jason Griffiths to be our next pastor. And that will be a separate vote. And then the second vote will be to um, vote on his terms of call, his salary and, and benefits. So before we get started with the business of the church, I would like to ask our clerk of session if we do have a quorum, and we do, and I would like to call upon Deborah Mayhew, who is the moderator of our Presbytery of Los Ranchos, to come and give us greetings and blessings.
7: Good morning an exciting day. I'm so pleased to be here on behalf of the Presbytery of Los Ranchos. It's hard to believe that just about two years ago to the very day, I was here before you in my role as moderator of the Committee on Ministry, and we were, uh, it was a bittersweet day because you were saying goodbye to Pastor Tim McComent and blessing him on his way to a happy retirement. And as a COM liaison to PCC at that time also, I worked with a number of you over the summer to search for your interim pastor, the wonderful Charles Spenson. <laughs> pastor Charles, your current COM liaison, Reverend Jack Lew, and, of course, Steve Worth. Jack, I didn't see you there. Please. St- Jack Lou and Steve uh, Worth, our current COM moderator, have worked with you and guided you as you've done the hard work of discerning what's next for your congregation. Where is God leading you now? Congratulations to the PNC for your commitment to the PCUSA call process. Uh, As moderator of the PNC at my church about six years ago, I know that process very well and I know that there are a lot of policies and rules to follow, but I hope that as you've gone through this process, you've come to value the thoughtfulness behind it and how it has prepared you, uh, along with a lot of prayer and faith in the Holy Spirit to find that perfect candidate for PCC. I see, yeah, Pastor, Jason says he was married here 18 years ago, and how exciting that his family is here with you today is part of your family. So God bless you, and we're thrilled for this next step for Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Deborah. I would extend the same courtesy to my colleagues, uh, Reverend Jack Liu or Reverend Stephen Worth, to say a few words. It's very dangerous to ask a pastor to say <laughs> a few words, but if you would like, the, the privilege is yours. Good? Good? Okay. All right. Uh, I would like to call upon Erlinda as chair of our pastor nominating committee, and at the end of this meeting, we are going to dismiss the PNC with our uh, thanks and blessing. I know something that Erlinda has been looking forward to. So, and I would like to have Reverend Jason come forward as well. And uh, Erlinda, you may introduce him to us, and then we'll take a few questions from the floor if there are any.
8: I brought Kleenex for the two of us. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> First, I want to start with, um, and I know Charles is going to do this later, but I want to thank the members of the PNC, and I want to thank all the members of this congregation. You started two years ago, just after Tim left. We started with a study of our congregation, the Holy Cow study. Remember that? Um, You did a survey, and then you did the we did the potluck with all the post-it notes what are we looking for in a pastor? And you told us. And so the Holy Spirit was working on this side and the congregation was working here and you prayed for us and you told us what you wanted. And we were looking at characteristics and we got closer and closer. Just because I had Carol look this up or Kathy look this up, out of 107 applications, 26 meetings, 23 supplemental questions answered, 10 interviews, three neutral pulpits, yes she is my granddaughter, <laughs> <laughs> three, three mutual pulpit visits and then we got hit over the head by the Lord We didn't know that Jason and Malia were married here. We found that out in the interview. You told us you wanted someone who was heavily Christian scripture based. You wanted someone who had the ability to preach across generations. I loved this one. You wanted him to have a good speaking, loud and clear voice. <laughs> we decided, and you told us, this was, church was not a first time call. We wanted somebody that had previous experience. We wanted someone open to different cultures and experiences, and someone who enjoys children and youth and has the skills to minister to them personally. We wanted someone who had a good sense of humor, was compassionate, energetic, spirit-filled, and bold. We believe as members of PNC that we have met our charge, and we are prepared to recommend the Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths to this church. Jason has been schooled at Biola in Biblical Studies. He attended seminary at Fuller. He has served congregations both in non-ordained and ordained positions here in Southern California, Texas, and Michigan. So do I open for questions or am I just making, okay. I'm just making sure because I didn't want to be too quick after all this time to rush through um, the end um, because I think that um, before I make the um, motion that um, we are open to um, questions. And I I know you're going to recognize the PNC, but would all the members of the PNC um, please stand? Um, I know that you're out there. But we had Corey Allen, Carol Applegate, Don Beard, Gwen Black, Brian O'Hara, Jim Leahy, Kathy Rasmussen, Patricia Riley, Carrie Scroggins, and Reverend Jack Lou was our Presbyterian. Thank you so much.
0: I'm going to ask, um, Reverend Jason to, uh, say a few words and then I will, uh, take questions from the floor if there are any. So, Pastor Jason.
2: Do I use this mic? Yeah, let's just use this mic, I guess. Wow. Um, I'm floored. I, 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 I honestly, I've, it's surreal. I feel like I'm outside that room, this room, like looking in at this, um, I, the first thing that came to mind was a challenge <laughs> uh, there was this pastor, he moves into this town and he, he starts being a pastor of this church and he delivers his sermon and everybody's like, wow this guy's amazing, this guy's like Jason Griffiths, he's like crazy <laughs> funny, he's crazy, he delivers just nails it the second Sunday, he gives the same exact sermon <laughs> word for word And the congregation's kind of looking at each other going, what's going on? Uh, And then the third Sunday, word for word, delivers the same exact sermon. Until one of the search committee, an Elinda type, (laughs) comes up to him and says, hey, you've given the same sermon three weeks in a row. And the pastor responds, I'll stop preaching it when you start doing it. I uh, I was hanging out with Peter just the other day, and he was recollecting his, his wedding officiated by a guy named Todd Bolsinger. And um, he started the wedding sermon, Hey, uh, you were not made for her, and you were not made for him. And I'm tempted to say I was made for this position. And this church was made to have me, like to be in relationship with me. But that's a good corrective by Reverend Dr. Todd Bolsinger. I was made for Jesus Christ. This local outpost called Presbyterian Church of the Covenant was made to worship Jesus the Christ. We're gifts to one another, and I, I commit to you today. I serve, I serve Jesus with my fight, my, with my with everything I got, and I'm asking to you uh, make that same commitment. Up your game, let's serve Jesus and see what God does through this local outpost.
9: Before
0: we take any questions, um, would you like to introduce your family? Absolutely. And maybe even bring them up here, if that would be okay. Yeah, come on up. This,
2: uh, I'll go whenever. That's my son Ezekiel Warren Griffiths. I have the same middle name as him. We get named after my my favorite grandpa. He passed away two years ago, but uh, this kid's he's brilliant. Uh, I don't want to talk him up too much because he'll, he'll get me. He's teen. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about him. We don't talk about Zeke. Uh, this is my firecracker, Elsie. She's never had a bad day. We do high lows at the end of every day. And she starts with my highs the whole entire day. And then she lists six or seven. And this is my beautiful bride who is uh, brilliant, a fierce warrior. She is not cute. If you call her cute, well, I, if I call her cute, I get yelled at. So, maybe you can call her cute. Uh, yeah. We've been married 18 years. Yeah. And um, we did, Erlinda uh, did forget, we did ministry in Jersey too, but we try to forget that too.
0: <laughs> would, would any of you like to say a, a word of greetings to us? I'm putting you on the, sp- you don't have to, no. You're good? Come on around, sure.
6: I have, a, I, I have the gift of tears. So if you see me crying, if you see me overwhelmed, my kids know this, I'm not sad. There's this depth and when the spirit is heavy, I will cry. So I apologize if I throw you off, if I am crying at any point in time. And um, I'm excited. I don't know um, what the Lord has for us, but I look forward to seeing and I look forward to getting to know you all.
0: Thank you. So we'll let the family, um, stay up here, Jason. Okay. Yeah, come on up, come on around. Are there any questions, uh, (laughs) comments, uh, words of encouragement uh, from the floor. Just stand where you will be and I'll repeat the question if it's uh, a question. Yes, sir. John. Yes,
3: sir. I just want to know, are you going to do the same sermon three
0: weeks now? <laughs> <laughs> We'll see
2: how you sing next
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, when I come back. <laughs> yes. Choir. Choir. Manny. The question was: Does he believe in a literal six-day creation?
2: Um, that's a random. No, I had the answer. I, yeah, I deserve an answer. Um, do I believe? I think focusing on the days you're missing. I think it, it, whoever's focusing on the days is missing the point. A, a great theologian once said. Um, the, the impressive part is God spoke it into existence. Uh, it didn't matter if it was six seconds, six minutes, six whatever. He spoke it. He said, and if I, it would be a dangerous thing if I could speak things. In, I'd say donut. <laughs> 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 Burger. But um, I I don't know, because God is outside of time. It's a, that's a long answer, Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll ask Jason to respond to that please, thank you thank, uh, you. Yeah. thank you Manny I,
2: yeah. I, I think I would say the six day literal translation of Genesis is making the flaw of putting man at the center it, that, who's the key character of the Bible? God it's not a scientific book it's not it's, it's uh, it doesn't answer the hows a lot of times. It doesn't answer any physiological questions. It doesn't answer all that stuff. It answers the bigger ones the whys, the motives, uh, the heart behind things. And so that, that would be my response, I, I, would, I would say. Uh,
0: another question from the back here. Yes. Sandy? Um, a question about how, oh, okay. Go ahead. Hi.
1: Um, okay. Um, I just wanted to say that. Um, the, the idea that we, we like a sense of humor is amazing because that really just is awesome, and you've already proven that this, this week, but I just want to check and make sure Pastor Charles told you where he gets the oil, and then it comes
0: from Trader Joe's. From <laughs> <laughs> inside jokes. What oil comes all, from? All, all oil comes from Trader Joe's. All yes. oil comes from Trader Joe's. Yes, Joe. he knows that. Okay. Uh, I'm San- very confused, but San- San- that's good. Sandy.
6: I hope I don't drop it. I just wish at this point that my husband George were here Mm. with his wisdom to think about who you are going to be, where you're going to take us, because those would be big questions with him. What do you stand for? What do you believe in, even political? Because these are things I hope to know about you in the future. And so welcome from my husband in heaven. Mm-hmm. And from me, one of the
2: old members of this church, welcome very much. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Betty. Oh yes. The question is: Are you a Red Sox fan?
2: I am not really a Red Sox fan. I apologize to anybody that's a Red Sox fan. Even though I grew up in Massachusetts up until I was high school, I never really rooted for the Red Sox simply because my older brother rooted for the Red Sox and I rooted against any team he rooted for. <laughs> my favorite team growing up was the Phillies. I liked Mike Schmidt, the third mm. baseman. But I was the Bruins fan uh, because hockey was more of my, my speed. Because I like to hit people, Boston. But that's a different, (laughs) different chapter,
0: different. This, this is the Boston Bruins, not the UCLA Bruins. Yes, Boston
2: Bruins. Yeah, the Bruins. Bruins. Bobby Orr, Bruins.
0: Or Linda's heart was racing as a USC. Yeah. (laughs) Other questions, comments from the floor. Congratulations, Jason, and your families. We want to welcome you. Let me moderate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Danny? I important question for me would be. Please stand, Danny. Yeah, the important question for me would be um,
3: what do you consider worship to be?
2: Hmm. Um, worship. Worship is putting God on his rightful throne. I think that, that's the shortest, clearest version. Uh, and just a side note, Danny, I, I, you're talented, you're amazing. And so Cornell, ridiculous, this is amazing. I, the job is way harder when you go in and the worship team isn't quite up to par. I feel like you guys are amazing. And I feel like I could give a B-plus sermon, maybe even a B-minus sermon, and and the Sunday would go well. Uh, And in my heart of hearts, I wish I was a worship leader. And most pastors I know wish they were worship leaders, and vice versa. I think most worship pastors... Anyway, that's another story. That's another sermon. But, yeah. Uh, Did I answer it? I think I answered it. I think it's just putting God on the throne and putting ourselves where we are supposed to be, which is created. It's putting creator where the creator
0: deserves to be. Um, And everything else kind of falls in line. Other questions in the back? Yes. Chris.
2: I'm hoping that they'll be open to just burying me right here. (laughs) We're we're just so weary. Uh, That wasn't by choice. It was honestly God was open. God seemed to be doing a lightning rod effect. We we kept being brought around to different parts of the country to start certain things and then hand the baton off. But it's interesting because... 20 years ago, I was, you know, 17, 18 years ago when we were in here. I wanted to work for Tim. I wanted to work for Tim McElwain as a as a student intern. I wanted to. I I was drawn to him, as a as a mag, Like he was, he was just. He's the kind of pastor I want to be. And um, it's so. My wife and I just keep pinching ourselves. It's, it's it's so bizarre. He drove. He. For such a time as this, I had to learn all these lessons. I had to be out in the middle of Michigan, in the Muskegon, and I had to learn uh, that I can love people that I, think, that I thought I couldn't love. Um, I didn't know I could love as much as I, as I can, and I needed to know the, the pastoral care side of it. I, needed, I see it as a huge coming to fruition and being here, and now closing my mouth and growing my ears and seeing where God's at work, that I might join him, or we might join him.
7: To the, how did you feel called to the ministry? What led you into the ministry?
2: My, uh, my initial call to the ministry was I went away to college. I was going to be a math major. My dad's a super nerd. He was a PhD and a uh, master's in nuclear engineer, and then he did his postdoc work at Harvard and MIT. <laughs> and that's what brought us out to Massachusetts. And so all growing up, I was going to be a mathematician. My dad still says, you'd probably be a better mathematician than a pastor. Yeah, that's a little window into my dad. Uh, but um, I went away to my freshman year of college right after having a huge six-week mission experience in Venezuela. And I remember I knew all the right things. I knew all the right answers. I knew I was, you know, I was too big for my britches is what the Westerner, like a Midwesterner, would say, "I went away to Cal State Northridge and I started running the wrong direction." And I remember thinking, "There's no way that God could love me. I've messed up too much. I've, uh, I've, 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 I've known the right answer and I've chosen the the wrong one over and over." And I remember saying, "I'm never going to church again." And I remember thinking it, and I remember being at dark. My, you know, I. And then uh, a friend of mine dragged me to Forest Home for uh, Brandon Manning. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brandon Manning, but Brandon Manning was this amazing, amazing man of God. Um, he was. Uh, this is a longer story, but whoever asked this, it's your fault. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Manning. He he was a part of this order. He he lived a rough and tumbled life. Got a couple divorces. Was you know, living the, the life, you know, drinking, drugs, all that stuff, and uh, in the middle of all that, he got in fights and stuff like that, and he says his lowest of low was when he, he had, you know, just done some horrible things, and then he got in a fight in a bar and got kicked out of a bar in New York City, and he was falling asleep in a, in a puddle, and then fast forward, he came to Christ, or, or Christ uh, brought him to himself, and he became a a priest, and he and he became part of this order that you spend six months alone in a cave in Europe, and so you and you have this, and once a week, like you, they bring in food at the mouth of the cave, and then you bring out you know you know whatever, and then uh, so he's there for six months. All he's got is a Bible, a cross, and a stone slab to sleep on, and he says three months into it. A truth penetrated, penetrated my heart. And by the way, since he is, spent six months by himself, and, well, not by himself, but with God, when he preaches, he never says, um. He never says, uh, and, you know, like all the things that I do, <laughs> all those mistakes. He just very calculated. And he actually first starts in a whisper. And he's telling all this in a whisper. But by the end, he's at a full force yell. And when he's yelling, he says, God loves you, and he's got this booming voice. He's got, God loves you, even in the middle of your worst sin, when you're in the puddle down in Brooklyn, New York, and you've just done the most atrocious things. You've just punched somebody in the face. You've just been kicked out, and you've been left alone, and you're, and you're covered in mud, and you're disgusting, and you're gross, and God absolutely adores you, and he's screaming at everybody's hair's blowing back, and I'm just bawling. <laughs> anyway. That's what called me into the ministry. Um, I was forgiven much. And it started, my call into ministry started as a grace dispenser. I wanted to just tell everybody, no matter how far you are from God or how far you feel from God, He made you. He absolutely adores you. Anybody who's had a kid gets a window into this, right? Do you remember those days when they're covered in... God knows what, you know? <laughs> you know, I remember one, one time, Zeke, you had some kind of stomach flu. There was some crazy stuff going on in the crib, right? And no no man-made diaper could handle. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But I remember him standing up in his crib going like this, covered in mess. And I remember picking him up, and I didn't care. It's my son. I adore that dude. You know, he, he could be covered in anything. Just I remember holding him. That's... That's God. And the slimy, messy person, that's you. And uh, so that, and then I went before COM and they had some old bulldog on there and said, no, you could be a math major and just be a grace dispenser. And I was like, uh, okay. (laughs) And so I, then that grew into, I'm an equipper of saints. I not only love sharing the gospel of Jesus, I love it when a guy named Dan Shupp, I've called him Shoup for over a year, <laughs> and his name's Dan Shupp. I love it when that dude is bringing somebody to the Lord using some words I equipped him with. Well, I love it when he's loving the day because of something I've said. Anywho, so that's, that's the
0: short and then long. Yeah, that's the answer. I'm sensing that, oh yes, of course.
1: So my my question is is you said that you had gotten married here 18 years ago were you a member of PCC?
2: I was not. I was a member of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. I was working at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, but they didn't do Friday night weddings.
1: Okay. And so my
2: They didn't allow Friday night weddings and we wanted a Friday night wedding. And Tim McCalman, I came over here and he said, "Hey, you want to borrow my car, too?" Like he was just he was such a hospitable, yes.
1: So my next question is, is you said you wanted to be uh, Pastor Tim's intern. What, how long had you known Pastor Tim if you weren't a member of this church? What, were, what was your relationship there?
2: I had just been by here, and this is a plant from, church, uh, from St. Andrews. That's what I learned from Tim. And we were just looking for a venue, That venue, that's actually how I met Tim. And right when I met him, I wanted to be a worker around him. And I was going to seminary and, uh, yeah.
0: Seeing no more questions or comments, um, we're going to proceed to a motion. uh, And I'm going to ask the Griffith family to depart hence. And uh, any other family uh, members to also join them. The rest of us are here, and uh, uh, Dr. Erlinda, would you please make a motion?
8: Pastor, nominating committee, led by the Holy Spirit, satisfied by the qualifications for ministry, and confident in his service, earnestly and solemnly, Recommend that you call the Pastor Jason Warren Griffiths to undertake the Office of Pastor. Effective August 1st, 2019.
0: So there is no need for a second. It's an assumed second coming from a committee of the congregation, uh, including 10 members. So are there any questions or comments before we proceed to a ballot vote? Any questions, comments? So I would ask our tellers, please, to pass out um, ballots. Raise your hand if you are a member of this church. If you are a member of this church, keep your hand raised and we'll give you a ballot. The rest of you will be in observation and, and prayer and joy as we do this work. Raise your ballots high so our tellers can pick them up please. So all ballots are now in, correct? We'll ask our tellers then to please count. And while they are counting, we are now proceeding to our second vote, which are the terms of call. I'll ask uh, Elder Jeff Leak to come forward and walk us through our terms of call.
9: Still morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Um, You're going to get a handout in just a few moments of the terms of call uh, that you can take with you. Instead of waiting for that, I'll read. Uh, Session has approved uh, the following, an annual salary in the amount of $30,000 with an annual housing allowance of $39,000, pension and benefits come to 25875 Those make up the compensation package. In addition, the annual vacation is 30 days, which includes four Sundays, two weeks of study leave, three days for a pastor's retreat, up to $6,000 in reimbursable automobile expense, 12 sick days, 2500 in study leave and educational expenses $1000 annually for pastor's retreat $1000 for books and journals and up to 3000 in business expenses the sum total for the compensation package would be $108,375
0: yeah stop you right there you may Would our tellers please pass out these sheets so we can have this before us, please? And these uh, sheets may be given to everyone in the house. Everyone in the house may have one. we'll share
9: if you want a copy we can make additional copies after the meeting so isn't
0: the 11th commandment share with thy neighbor isn't isn't that true? I'm looking at clergy here, yes Marsha, come forward. Please come forward. Raise your hand if you need one, please. Raise your hand if you need one. Let's uh, have our moderator and our COM chair. Jim. Marsha, right here. Our moderator and COM chair will need one. I'm asking you to give them the terms of call, a piece of paper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go forward. Back on the screen.
9: Again, the total annual compensation is $108,375. There are a couple of other one-time payments. Um, moving costs, including a security deposit, is $5,000. Um, And uh, $10,000 over a uh, four-year period uh, for educational expense, Um, there are some um, ties to that. Um, The uh, goal and objective must be met or whatever money extended by PCC would become a loan payable uh, by Jason. Uh, But from what we've seen, we don't expect that to be the case. Are there any questions? Are there questions on terms of call? Susan? Um uh, this um
0: is it's like health insurance and the benefits, is that where that's coming? Does he get the these like health
9: insurance coverage? Yes, that's included.
0: Other questions or comments? Yes. How often do we review this at you review this every year. Every year, this is reviewed. Okay. Seeing no more comments or questions, we'll proceed to a vote. I'll ask tellers to please pass out um, ballots and raise your hand if you're a member. And you'll receive by, a ballot.
9: I think it's done by a show of hands. Pardon me? We don't do compensation by a ballot. We can do it a show we, of hands.
0: No, we don't. We have to do it by ballot. i check with the committee administrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Crazy. I know. I don't need to step here, right? Yeah, you're done. Okay. So, Jeff, you are moving the terms of call. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. It's assumed second from finance committee and session. If you need a ballot, keep your hand raised. And as we vote, let us again offer prayer. Gracious God, as we vote on these terms of call, um, we have agreed as a church, as a body, to um, give support to our leaders, uh, faithful support, so we ask that you would now guide and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. So yes, no, or abstain. Please don't fold your ballots. And we are required by Presbytery to announce these numbers to you, so we will do that as soon as they are counted. Hand high if you still have a ballot in your hand. Hand high if you have a ballot in your hand. So while we do this, I'll tell you a story of my first call in Thompson, Connecticut. I preached my best sermon And uh, Deacon Jerry Stackpole took me downstairs in the kitchen and the congregation deliberated for one hour (laughs) as I was in the kitchen pacing back and forth. And I came back in and offered the prayer and they congratulated me on the call. And I said to someone afterward, why did this take so long? Oh, we, we did your vote in two minutes and for the next fifty-eight minutes we talked about who is gonna paint the steeple in the town. And meanwhile, I'm down in the kitchen with Jerry sweating bullets. Charles, yes, how Rob. Many, how many interims have you done in your career? I've um you're my twenty-third. and and by far my favorite. (laughs) But on July 1st, I begin um, my favorite church because you're always saying uh, to the dear people you serve that that they're the best, and they are the best. You have been gracious and lovely and good these past 20 months. I was ordained in the United Church of Christ, in the UCC, in New England. And um, a conference minister by the name of Nat Gupta took all the rookies uh, into the room, all the new pastors. And um, Nat said to us, uh, you know, your job is that people will come to you and say, you're good. Thank you. You're good. Don't believe that. Uh, The church is good. The church is good. And that's been true for 40 years of ordained ministry. That you, the church, the body of Christ, you're the good ones. And we are but your servants. So we thank you for that. Thank you for that. So um, my last Sunday with you will be next Sunday, um, June 30th. And then I start July 1st at the First Presbyterian Church of Santa Barbara. And I have a little home in Montecito. Somebody has to do it. (laughs) Somebody has to go. And I was introduced to the congregation um, last Friday night, just two nights ago. And I told the story of the Lutheran, the Methodist, and the Presbyterian pastors that all got together on a Saturday to call in the neighborhood. And they got together after that, and, and the Lutheran pastor said, We we got to do that again because i got six new members. And the Methodist pastor said, we have to do this again because i got four new members. And the Presbyterian pastor said, we have to do this again because I've got rid of the, the worst ten members of my congregation. <laughs> and so I told this story, and one fellow raised his hand and said, well, when did you do this? Did you do this? Recently? And I said, it's a joke. It's just a joke. We have numbers? Thank you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. A call to be our pastor, yes, 88, no, 1. Terms of call, 85, yes, uh, no-nos. So uh, we are grateful. And let's bring Jason back in and his family to thunderous applause as we find him. This is good news. And while they are coming back in, could we have all the PNC come up to the front, please? All the PNC. We're going to dismiss them with our thanks and blessings. So if you have served on PNC, stand right here. Please be seated. Before uh, Jason has the final word and blessing for us, we want to dismiss our pastor nominating committee with a job well done, thou good and faithful (laughs) servants. So may I have a motion from the House to dismiss our PNC with our grateful thanks. And is there a second... All in favor, please say thank you. Thank you. So, with um, Jason's uh, last word and blessing, um, I hereby call this called congregational meeting to a conclusion, and we are adjourned. Following Pastor Jason, this is
2: amazing. Can I say that just over and over? I can't even. I can't even grasp it. I just had a flashback. You were bawling just like that, and uh, my buddy Barry and Tim were standing right here. And for some reason, and it's because I was young and dumb. Everybody stood up and we were clapping. you know, like the bride and groom were leaving. She grabbed my arm and I started walking like this. <laughs> Seriously, I walked out like that. My my pastor friends like that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, uh, do you remember that, Leah? Were you thinking, why is he doing that? We never talked about that. Um, let's uh, let's grab hands. Let's sort of stand up and uh, maybe move across, and everybody stand up and grab hands across the aisle. Okay. And we're going to go around the circle, and everyone's going to share. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready, dude. I am ready. All right, let's, let's go to, before our God. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Holy Spirit, um, open our eyes to where you want us to join you at work, in this city, in this state, in, in your world. Um, help us to serve one another. Help us to be quick to worship. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Have a great Sunday.
5: Okay.
0: This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.